All right. Hey, friends, welcome to Table Chat. Yo. Um, good to uh, good to have you uh, listen to us. Yeah, it's good to be listened to. <laughs> good to be listened to today. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, coming, coming to you from week, what is it? Week seven. We're approaching... We're approaching our eighth, I think it is, eighth Sunday online. Oh, really? Oh, man, I think so. I was just thinking about this the other day, the, um, the timeline, because I remember um, I was away on a trip, and it was a, it was a Friday, and I think the first confirmed case had happened in Indiana. This is March, it's probably March 5th. Mm. If that my date's correct. Okay. The first conferred case in Indiana, and I thought, you know, we probably need to think about this and write. And so anyway, a lot of you guys got that email. It was a Friday night, March 5th, and we said, hey, we're going to change a bunch of stuff about how we celebrate communion and pass the peace and that kind of thing. And I think we met March 6th. I think it was the 6th. I can't remember. I don't remember the date. Dude, and you're, the you're, first, you're like the uh, unofficial table historian here. So yeah, I, I, I keep the record. I'm the record keeper. I'm gonna I'm gonna look here. Hold on. Let me let All me right. look in my calendar. It was March the first sun. The last time we were together, friends, for worship was March eighth. No. Yep. Uh, I'm almost sure of it. Yep, because I was in, I was in Holland, Michigan for a trip. We sent that email March sixth. We met March eighth. It was the first Sunday of daylight savings time. And then it was that week then that things started to get more serious. We were like every day was like a new, like what's going on, what's going on. And I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. We were like, okay, we need to even create more like uh, new kind of procedures and that, you know, we're going to do some new things in worship. And I think we sent an email like Tuesday or Wednesday. It was like, okay, here's what we're going to do for worship this Sunday. <laughs> and then f that Friday, the yeah. 13th was like, never mind. We're not, yeah. we're not meeting at all on Sunday. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. And so March 15th. Yeah. And we haven't met since then. So um, anyway, I've just been thinking about, um, you know, May 1st came here and officially I think that was the last day of the shelter in place order for the state. Indianapolis uh, has um, extended that the city of Indianapolis has extended that to the 15th, but I've just yeah. been starting, my mind has been starting to go towards, okay, what will it be like when we get back together? Well, <laughs> And I, you know, there's a lot that we don't know and what, what will need to change, you know, what will need to be, you know, a, a provisional way of kind of, you know, moving into reintegrating what it means to gather in, in groups. I mean, part of, you know, part of what's good, I think about our church right now is, you know, any given Sunday, most of the time we're less than a hundred people, uh, which may help um, in terms of just what, what, what we need to put in place, but right. Um, but anyway, one of the things that um, I remember we were going to put in place before we decided not to meet on that second Sunday in, in March was the passing of the peace. Um, normally, you know, there's a lot of hugging, there's handshakes, um, there's a few kisses of peace. Sometimes that happens, you know. Um, but we were going to put into place uh, some, uh, some new stuff, which was going to be, hey, no, t no touching no touching at all during the passing of the peace. We were going to do a profound bow uh, to one another and kind of teach each other how to do that kind of bowing to the presence of Christ and another, which I think, yeah, I think is kind of cool, but um, it got me thinking, Matt. This is, what this did is, it get you thinking about then? Got me thinking about um, what are we doing 
when we're passing the peace? Because I think, you know, this is the same way with any kind of liturgical action, with anything that we do often, repeatedly. We can sometimes lose, um, we can lose track of what it is we're actually doing. So if we're giving hugs and fist bumps and handshakes, yeah, um, it sometimes feels to me like the passing of the peace, you know, is like, oh, just greet your neighbor. Like you do this, you do this when you greet somebody. Like, hey, hi there. It's a way of saying hi. It's a way of yeah. sort of socially breaking the ice. Um, but that's not what's happening uh, on a deeper level. No, in the passing of the peace, it's something no. a lot. Uh, it's something a lot deeper. Yeah, which which is why I was excited about the profound bow we, that we were going to be doing to each other. It was like this is an interesting opportunity for us to remember what it is that we're doing here. Yes, like when if I'm if, like because that's not a normal cultural thing for us to do here. No, you know, uh, is to bow to one another. But I think it indicates what's actually happening here. Um. So anyway, I, I wondered if I could read this to you, Matt, and see if you have any reflections on the passing of the peace, what's happening there, uh, and what you hear in this. This is, a, this is a quote from Theodore, Bishop of Mopsuestia, which I don't know oh, what yeah. that is. I don't know where Mopsuestia is. Anyway, he wrote it in uh, some instruction that he was giving, uh, catechetical instruction. This is 428 AD. So this is old, oh, old yeah. stuff. Uh, but here, here's what he talks about. Uh, he's instructing people in like, how we worship. That's what catechetical instruction basically is. Is like, hey, when we, do, when we do the kiss of peace, when we do this stuff, here's what it means. So here's what he says about the kiss of peace, uh, which is our, our version is kind of just the sharing of the peace. We don't all kiss each other. But each of us, here's, here's what they did in 428 AD anyway, in, uh, in Theodore's diocese. Each of us gives the kiss of peace to the person next to us. And so in effect, gives it to the whole assembly. Because this act is an acknowledgement that we have all become a single body of Christ our Lord, and so must preserve with one another that harmony that exists among the limbs of a body, loving one another equally, supporting and helping one another regarding the individual needs, the individual needs as concerns of the community, sympathizing with one another's sorrows, and sharing in one another's joys. So that's the quote. Mm -hmm. Do you have any uh, thoughts or reflections uh, on the on the sharing of peace, the passing of peace, the kiss of peace? Yeah, I'm shocked he didn't get the Christian side hug memo. Yeah, that, this is 428. That you know the uh, youth groups had not invented the side hug yet. So. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the first thing. That, I'm guessing that's not what you were asking, but I, I did I did think about that. Mm -hmm. um, no, I. You know, I think the seeing the passing of the peace as a confession or an affirmation of our unity as a single body of Christ is interesting. What what doesn't? It's interesting. I think it's true as well. But I, it's not immediately apparent to me why passing the peace via a holy kiss would constitute or construe that reality. Hmm. Right. Mm. So maybe if we all like, uh, you know, had a piece of a jigsaw puzzle and we put it all together and it made a picture during that time, <laughs> then sure. that would like that would like mm -hmm. signify that reality to me. Mm -hmm. But um, I just wonder in his mind, what uh, what about passing the piece via ho holy kiss? 
mm. uh, signifies that yeah. that unity, that solidarity, that being yeah. one body. Yeah, I'm not sure, and I I don't know historically, but part of me wonders a lot, a lot of what he's talking about here is basically a a solid a, fam, a familial solidarity, mm-hmm. where he's basically saying what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. It means like this is your family. And so I, I mm-hmm. wonder if the kiss of peace was some sort of sig- significant, like this is what you do with family, um, and if that's mm-hmm. the reason that it uh, that it signified that to them, that this is something that we that we do with our families. Well, maybe. I don't know. Now I wonder. That's yeah, I wonder. Is there something you do with your family mm-hmm. that you wouldn't do with people who aren't your family? Yeah. Um, what occurs to me is like. We could pass a spank on the bottom, <laughs> but that's a little creepy. Yeah, no, I'm thinking yeah. of like the, the things you would do with your family uh-huh. that would indicate we're family. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know. Do we have those customs? Do we have just familial customs? I don't know. I'm not sure if we do. And I'm not even sure if that's what the kiss of, I mean, that's just speculation. Oh, I see. But, you're speculating. Yeah, just speculating. Because a lot of what he's describing is we sympathize with one another's sorrows. We share in one another's joys. The individual's needs are the concerns of the community. We support and help one another. We love one another equally. We think of each other as limbs of a body. So, you know, this is all like 1 Corinthians um, 12 stuff, right? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, if one part of the body's hurting, we're all hurting. Um, So anyway, the other thing that I wanted to say I guess about this is this is one of those things I am looking forward to. Like when we, when we come back together, being able to signify through whatever means we can, probably initially it'll just be a solemn bow to one another just to say, I see you, you know, there, and I, I greet you and I, you know, I'm, I'm part of you and you're part of me. Um, But I'm thinking about, it, it got me thinking about how we can, I don't know how I can cultivate like every time I do hug someone or give a handshake during the passing of the peace, I am reminded that, Oh, this is my brother. This is my sister uh, in the Lord. Um, But now that we can't do that, you know, we're meeting on zoom. And so we see each other's faces, but we're not touching each other. We're not in the same physical proximity to each other. Um, It made me think about like the apostle Paul, for example, who, cultivated, I think, a sense of oneness with the believers that the churches that he had planted and the believers that he was, um, that he knew, but he hadn't been able to see in a long time, right? He had to write him a letter. But I'm just, I was just struck by how, you know, Philippians starts with him saying, like, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Galatians, he says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So I was just thinking about how in prayer, I think there's an opportunity, uh, and I'm trying to cultivate this myself, but in prayer, there's an opportunity to, mm. to cultivate this sense of unity, to just remember each other in prayer, to bring each other to mind and to say uh, that this is my brother, this is my sister, and Lord, right. I hold them in your presence. And I think it does something, like we are drawn towards one another um, as the body of Christ. Even in this time when we can't be physically together. Yeah. So. All right. So anyway, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens when we get back together. We might be doing a lot of profound bowing or maybe some elbow bumps. We'll see. Um, But in the meantime, uh, I am praying for 
for all of you. Um, I try to bring you to mind in my prayers as uh, often as I can. Um, and I am hopefully thereby cultivating a longing for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Yes. And uh, I pray that we can maintain that sense of affection and longing for each other while we continue to need to be physically distant during this season. Amen. I like it. I like it, Ben. Okay.